You know when Ari Lennox told us not to date these niggas until we were 43? Yeah, I get it now. Give a fuck about a haters, Welcome to episode six, everybody. I'm so glad to have you back. Um, I hope everybody's doing okay. I hope everybody's having a good middle of the week. Wednesdays are always like such a difficult day. Like I'm stuck between like I'm doing absolutely nothing and I'm gonna be so productive that my fingers are gonna fall off. So I really like there's no in between for me on Wednesdays. It's either like I did two lines in the bathroom and I am going, going, going like the Energizer Bunny or like I just sleep for 16 hours straight. So if my boss is listening to this, I didn't respond to shit today. But I mean, what you gonna do? Fire me? Yeah. But <laughs> all right. Let's get straight into it. This week's topic is something that is near and dear to my heart. Something that, you know, my my I struggle with, my si- well, not my sister cuz she got figured out. My cousins struggle with. It's dating. It's love. It's the ghetto. That's exactly what it is. It's the ghetto. So, the first thing I wanted to address was I saw this post on Twitter of this guy, I think he calls himself a scorpion. Um, we'll unpack that later. But he said that there is no value in dating women over 30. And he has like a whole spiel about it. You know, it's attitudes and they're old and they're worn down and woo woo woo. And, you know, you got to date you a little young girl. And, you know, just a lot of men were agreeing with him. You know, his little perspective was what it was. But I just want to first say that it's giving predator. Okay, it's giving grooming. It's giving R. Kelly. Like, if you want to date a 16-year-old because you feel like you could groom her and you could you you can teach her things, first of all, that's against the law. And second of all, it's very, very predatory. Even if you're a 40-year-old man and you're looking at a 20-year-old woman and you're like... That's what I want right there. That's creepy as fuck, okay? And I'm calling the police. Secondarily, let's just, let's address the fact that a lot of men think that once you hit 30, you just kind of, you're, you're aged out, all right? Shit just start falling off. You know, your titty pop off, it walk down the street, it gets itself a job, supports itself now, so you only got one titty left. Like, yeah, it's just, it, I don't know what men think happened to you when you turn 30, but it's it's really the lack of common knowledge for me like and I think it's the fact that once men hit like 19 they're done maturing like they don't really go through a lot of personal growth or any significant mental or emotional development so it's like they're a teenager until they're 50 like there's no really in between and don't get me wrong um there are definitely some men who are out here they're mature they date women in respectable age categories but a lot of you internet niggas and I'm specifically saying a lot of you internet niggas are just they're very you're very strange like this man uh the ladybug so he said uh and he was like yeah you know you got to get you a young girl but I just want to talk about it because he is probably maybe 30, 35 himself, but he's giving 47, okay? His teeth are giving 62. And the face 
is giving already dead. It's giving embalming fluid. So I don't think any 20 year old is going to want to deal with you anyway, especially some grown ass man that calls him the brown recluse spider. That's that's weird. OK, sir, your ass is weird. But ladies, OK, we all know that 40 plus year old nigga in the club walking around looking at you creepy as fuck from across the room with a Miller High Life in his hand breathing heavy sweating you know because his blood pressure high so it's the hardest just beating off the charts and as soon as you walk in his vicinity because you got to go to the bathroom he want to fucking grab you by the arm and whisper something like sir I can't hear you don't touch me like don't nobody wants to have anything to do with you and you don't have anything to offer you're just old okay you got high blood pressure you know you're probably battling the sugars right now I really think you should just go get a primary care doctor and try to live your golden years as comfortably as possible okay find another 50 year old woman who is in your age range um who is on the same uh is in the same phase of her life as you and leave the rest of us alone. Okay, your life, let me just tell you, I don't, I, as an under 30 person, hope my life fully starts at 30 because let me tell you, I haven't done shit, y'all. I got a podcast, this podcast that my mama listened to every week and tell me I need to stop cussing so much, but <laughs> like there are so many more things out here for you and their life is such a long journey that at 30 it's really just getting started you finally starting to come into your own figure out who you are you know really develop your passions and shit like that like there is nothing burnt out about a 30 year old like I really wish especially like you internet niggas that's because that's what y'all are you internet niggas um and this guy that calls himself the gecko y'all they I don't know what it is but you're all like well 30 it's just a magic number like I'm going to turn into a pillar of salt or a pile of dust like nothing really starts until 30 my nigga like what are y'all out here doing I really wish that people under 30 above all of you would really understand how youthful 30 is how much potential you still have at the age of 30 shit at the age of 40 life is a long journey baby what's that song life is a highway and i'm gonna ride it y'all all night long <laughs> all night long so let's just start there okay there's nothing wrong with you know being attracted to specific groups of people but if you're 40 and you out here talking about oh yeah that 19 year old that's that's creepy all right it's predatory okay and you go any younger and i'm calling the police and ladies let's Make sure that we have our sisters back in the club. You see a lone little 19-year-old waiting for her friends outside of the bathroom and some 60-year-old nigga come up on her behind her trying to rub up on her back, talk about excuse me. Just help her out. Be like, sis, we over here, girl. Like, oh, you got separated. We over here, girl. Come on. Because I see so many of them, especially a lot of you young girls. Like, don't stop. Because this is a little sidebar because now I'm on a tangent. Stop leaving your friends alone at the bar especially when they've been drinking like if you she needs to go to the bathroom go to the bathroom with her she wants to get in a more comfortable spot on the dance floor because it's packed go with her back to the regularly scheduled programming all you 47 year old old face ass niggas please get a hobby please get a primary care physician and please get your blood pressure under control okay because the stroke ain't no joke all right moving right along um let's Let's get into the love, 
the dating and the everything. So the first thing I wanted to touch on are a couple of recent own network shows because y'all know I love the own network. Um, ready to love and put a ring on it. So if you're unfamiliar, so ready to love is like a dating competition show. So I think it's like 20, I think maybe 20 total singles. So 10 men, 10 women, they all start off and it's like competitive dating. Like, um, the first and third seasons, I believe, I think there's three seasons if I'm not incorrect. I don't remember, but the first and third seasons all take place in like the real world. Like they're dating in the real world or maybe the first, second and fourth. Not not sure, but a couple of the seasons take place in the real world. So that's where the competitiveness comes along. Like, cause you have to have the consistency, you have to have the communication. And so as the weeks go on and as it advances, they like eliminate people. So like, if you're not making connections with people or if you're you know, people are like, no, well, she's, they've got traits and I think they're still hung up on their ex or something. So each week the power shifts between the men and the women and they get to eliminate one person. And so the goal is to create three couples at the end of the show. So that's where the, the competitive thing comes along. Like you kind of won because you're in a relationship. They don't get any money or anything. So the competitiveness is just we gonna get in this relationship and we gonna win this motherfucking show so this most recent season uh was in h-town it was in houston but i think the other seasons were in like atlanta or something like that but um and one season because of the pandemic like they were on a resort so they were isolated and you know they really had nothing to do but date each other so there was that one season but yeah this most recent season took place in the real world and like all of the seasons the whole series the goal is to get you know down to just three solid couples the first season though like they eliminated women really fast and then these three niggas were just eliminating bitches until the end of the show so the men had the power but then because they were like that's this is true about Atlanta like there's one man for every like three women or one man for every six women or whatever so that's that was the point of that nobody likes that because ain't nobody about to be doing no flips tricks and you know turns and twists for no men okay not on national tv baby but these the, the seasons to follow were all an even number of men even number of women so The one thing I will say about the show is that it does like when the seasons that were in the real world, like they had to go through like real world pressures. Like there's your work. They're probably working, you know, they running these errands, they raising these kids, having their day to day lives and whatnot. So they really do have to like find a balance. But ready to love. The only thing they are ready to do on this show is play games like these couples don't last they don't stay together as a matter of fact sometimes they be coming to the reunion looking like I'm just here to fight okay I have come in comfortable attire because I'm here to swing on this nigga like they're they don't even speak anymore like there this last season there were like some couples that um everybody was rooting for like um, I, if you plan on watching it, I'm sorry, but there was one couple, Joel and Vernicia, like he was, 
he was a single a widowed father and you know vernicia was a single mother and you know i think most of her kids were grown though but or at least older in age than joel's kids and people were rooting for them you know they were consistent on the show but you know we get to the reunion and vernicia is literally looking like i'ma beat this nigga ass like i'm gonna throw down i'm about to i'm about to hook off on this nigga they are upset with one like you get to the reunion and nobody is together. So ain't nobody ready to love. They ready to fight. That's what this show should be called. That's, you know what? That's the game show idea. Ready to fight. It's still a competitive dating show. But because men are disappointing, eventually you are going to get to the point where you got to drop their ass. And the reunion show is just who shows up ready to fight. Like who is actually as on site as they say like who's gonna show up we get to these couches and you about to win bam like you you about to punch this nigga in his mouth who's ready to fight that's what that's what i think it should be because dating even as a because the age ranges of these people i'm ready to love i would say are like 35 plus maybe 30 plus so they're like a um they're older than like early 20s mid 20s or whatever so they're all pretty mature they all you know have their careers they're settled they might have children you know they might be divorced or you know out of a long-term relationship or something like that so they're all a pretty mature group of people but like dating as a person in the 20-somethings pool is the ghetto just like ready to love like you I have absolutely child I've been ghosted some nigga lied to me for like damn near a year about being in a relationship with his baby mama like there are so many one nigga popped up like after he ghosted me followed me on Instagram and the two most recent pictures were from his wedding like his holy matrimony his legally binding nuptials and I'm like, nigga, you ghosted me so you could get married? Like, the fuck were you? I'm not, that's another tangent, y'all. We we gonna talk about, we're, we're gonna get into dating horror stories on another episode. And I'm gonna have my cousins and my sister on the show. But no, like, so this show is just, it, it definitely, I think it's very, a very true representation of how dating in the real world looks like you know you have to you deal with a lot of inconsistency you deal with a lot of people who are you know not healed mentally and emotionally you you deal with people who are very spiritually disconnected and you deal with the you know the niggas who look good on the outside but they real life crazy <laughs> okay because there was one guy on the show who was like and he was like the religious guy you know he's like the guy I like I love God and he was divorced and you know he had this whole sob story when he went on a date of you know I just don't want them to leave again and everybody was like oh but when everybody was like oh I was like oh you bitches better run because he crazy like and like your sad ass is sitting up I just don't want them to leave again um so what you gonna do chain them up in the basement that that statement is all the silence after that statement is always some crazy shit like I just don't want them to leave again they're silent because in their head they're like I'm gonna chain you to the bed and set this house on fire so everybody's like oh and I was like red flag absolute red flag like that, those are abandonment issues like those are things you need to go to therapy for and that's the other thing like ready to love does not have like a 
a therapy or like a counseling component. So everybody's just out here just, you know, dealing with these, um, dealing with all this baggage and, or not baggage. Cause I don't think it's baggage, but you know, dealing with, you know, the unhealed parts of people with no kind of support whatsoever, just vibes. That's it. Just fucking vibes. Like they just all on the show dating random, like there needs to be some type of component that is like, how do I participate in a relationship when there are parts of me that are unhealed? Like, how do I become a better person for myself first, which, and then will allow me to be a better partner. Like there's no component of ready to love that is about that which I think it is very indicative it is a very accurate representation of what dating is like in real life because these niggas don't be going to therapy they'd be sliding in your dms you know trauma uh emotional trauma you know emotional scars from past relationships and men be just like holding on to shit like I would you could be talking to a nigga like he 32 and you like oh well He'll tell you, oh, I got trust issues because my girlfriend, when I was 14, cheated on me. Like, nigga, you talk about that bitch from high school? You talk about that bitch from 16 years ago? That's what you call You know what? Take your black ass to therapy, okay? Ain't nobody else to do this work for you. And then there's the other side of it about the, like, these niggas that are, like, damn near trying to, like, be in a competition with you when you're in a relationship. You know, the niggas that are asking, what do you bring to the table? The niggas that are like LLC Twitter, you know, they're like rise and grind, get it out the mud. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I'm going to dinner with Jay-Z instead of getting $500,000 because he going to give you the blueprint. He, he going to give you the breakdown. Like, no, those men are crazy as well. Like then, and then there are the niggas like this man on Ready to Love who just have so many issues that bubble up and come to the surface when you like try to have an honest conversation with him. Because uh, so the scenario was, uh, as an example, on Ready to Love, you know, this guy was getting ready to get eliminated. And someone said, because every time somebody gets eliminated, you have to like sit them down and you have to tell them respectfully, you know, like you should be doing in your adult relationships um so they she she sat him down you know one of the women that he had developed a connection with sat him down to have the conversation with him you're not ready to love you know he had had the conversation with other women himself like he had told people respectfully we don't think you're ready to love so he's like blowing the fuck he's basically trying to quit before he gets fired y'all like this man is having a mental breakdown he's like i want to go first i want to go first you're not letting me speak you're not over talking this woman he at one point stood up you know because men do that when you're like having a seated conversation and they'll stand up because they think that that gives them the power like nope now you're just standing and wrong so he's like having a mental breakdown like you know get the cameras off me like completely unraveling on tape and I'm looking like yeah all you bitches who thought he was sweet because he didn't want to get left I told you that nigga was crazy these niggas be having issues, okay? People are leaving them, you know, not because, you know, they're worthless because you have inherent value as a person, not because, you know, not maybe not because they ain't shit, it's because they crazy. 
And when you are crazy, when you got these, you know, these scars and these unhealed parts of yourself, you need to go to a professional. And maybe that's not therapy, you know, because I won't just suggest a one size fits all option. You know, some people are of faith. So maybe you should seek spiritual counseling, you know, with a religious leader. Or maybe you need to participate in some type of mentorship with somebody who's in your same position, you know, somebody who overcame similar obstacles but you need to do something because all of this all of the parts of you that are unhealed are just fucking up other people so what I will say is that there was on this season of ready to love there was one couple that just kind of um that did make it to the end that you know not necessarily everybody was because it really like it came out of nowhere so at the end, there were, I want to say they did have the full three couples. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, so I, I want to say that they did have all of the couples, but they got to the end of the season and like a, a lot of people were still in that position. Like, well, you know, I we ain't really with it. We ain't really with them. So in case like, so the guy that. Let me so let me give y'all some context. So the guy that had the mental breakdown when he was being eliminated, that was David. And that was like the one I was talking about. He was religious, you know, and stuff like that. And people were rooting for him because they were like, oh, he seems sweet. Woo, woo, woo. He's a divorcee. You know, he doesn't. I just don't want them to leave. So that's the crazy one. I already mentioned Joel and Varnesha and they they did make it, you know, to at least the end of the season. Um, the the couple that like seemed pretty strong and that came out of kind of nowhere was this couple named Jason and Liz. Uh, Jason is like a younger guy, you know, no kids, no real serious long term relationships. And he kind of ended up falling in love with this woman named Liz. You know, she's a couple years older than him, but, you know, she has never had a serious relationship. She doesn't really do a lot of dating, uh, things like that. But there was one and there was all because there was another crazy person on there and his name was Ron. So Ron was like, you know, he people were people were kind of they liked him and they were fond of him. And but Ron was also crazy, like he was very narcissistic. And so he had developed this pretty strong connection with this woman named Alexis, who is very religious, former preach for former first lady. Like religion is very part is a part of her core you know values a part of her identity and Ron is like the nigga that's like I'm not gonna pray about it I'm gonna go do it but I'm like why are you pursuing him your values are unaligned also he's a lunatic like so it's just all over the place but yeah ready to love was just like I said very true representation of what dating is like very ghetto very inconsistent at the end of the day like you can really find somebody you like and you have a connection with and boom they just fucking switch up on you so let's go back to joel invert yeah this is a own podcast at this point like oprah send me the bag because i love these old network shows so let's go back to joel and bernicia so there was Joel and Vernicia were like one of the stronger couples. Like they had coupled up very fast. The They seemed pretty consistent. But Joel is the type of nigga to like, you make him mad, he fucking switch up on you. So there was an episode where they asked Joel like, who is your top choice? And he just picks this random bitch out of nowhere. He pulls a name of a bitch out of his ass. Like he had not dated her. 
he had not communicated with her, just pulled her out of his ass because he was mad. And then he did not even tell Vernicia. They got to like this little lake house or something and this little, you know, cabin and it, it comes out because somebody exposed it. And now, you know what I'm saying? Like I, that, it, had that been me, I would have left. I'd have been like, oh, you want to choose the bitch? Be with the bitch then because I'm not doing this. You are not going to say, you are not going to not choose me and just expect me to just come, always come dragging back. And because that's the thing I'll be talking about. It's the inconsistency for me. Like the men on this show are really just like, you know what? It's, we just vibing, you know, we're not, we're not being serious men. Like they're not trying to develop serious connections or anything. So yeah, ready to love is a great portrait of how dating actually works. Like they, these men are not, nobody's serious. Nobody's working on themselves. Everybody's just trying to rush into a relationship because they feel like, you know, that's the point I'm at in my life. I need to be in a relationship. And let me just tell you that like you have inherent value as a person like just because you exist you're about you have value so don't be rushing to be in no relationship with some raggedy nigga because you feel like that's the point in your life that you're at no you can be single and you can be I would rather be by myself with two dogs house full of birds whatever the fuck the case may be alone chilling got a moo on titties just swinging in the wind house shoes watching own network shows back to back all day by my lonely to be with some raggedy nigga that makes me that makes me question myself and my position in his life hail to the nah 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 hail nah to the nah 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 hail to the nah now one of oprah's other dating shows or not dating shows because this is like this isn't competitive or anything but it's another show i guess about dating like she's got a whole bunch of shows about like love and dating and relationships and stuff but put a ring on it is another one that me my sister my cousins i even got my mama watching this show faithfully because it it usually explores um three couples who are all like at that place in their relationship where they're just stagnant like are we going to get married? Are we going to break up? Like, are we going to, what are we doing basically? So three long-term couples who are trying to figure out like at the end of this, are we going to put a ring on it? So this season, there were three couples again, like um, the, the, the other seasons were pretty good, but this season was like this combined, like put a ring on it and like the haves and the have-nots like there was tea there was drama so this season explored three different couples so it was Darian and Alexia Eric and Jessica and then Sean and LaRonda so those were the three couples now if you are anybody I, I mean some some of you might be familiar with the show some of you might not but a little context Darian was like supposed he's like a quote-unquote celebrity he is one half of the group field mob you might know who that is y'all know like early 2000s he, they had that song with Sierra and so uh so uh but anyway so he thought he was just like in these streets recognizable because of that um Eric and Jessica were a couple um where Eric played sports professionally um so 
you know, that there was that. And then Sean and LaRonda were a couple where Eric, I won't say anymore. LaRonda had a job. Anyway, so <laughs> each couple was at, you know, this stage in their relationship where they're like, how do we move forward? Are we going to get married or am I going to have to murder you for wasting my time? Now, Darian and Alexa have Alexia, excuse me, Darian and Alexia had the longest tenure at 14 years. So they were the couple out of the three that had been together the longest by far. Now, um, they had had problems, you know, typical relationship problems, consistency, communication, you know, trust, things like that. Because Darian um, sees himself as an entertainer, you know, as an artist. And, you know, niggas be at the yo. They be at the yo. They be at the studio. And I guess Darian also has like this condo that he's always disappearing to, which he claims... He ain't never had a bitch at the condo, but we know that niggas lie from sun up to sun down down. So we're not even gonna, I'm not even gonna touch that. So yeah, they had a string of problems, trust, consistency, communication. You know, Alexia talks about an event where he disappeared, like they had plans and he like disappeared on her like forever a day and he was like oh well I was out with my niggas and my partners and you don't want to bring no woman into the snake into the lion's den or something like something to that extent and I'm like so why are you hanging out with niggas you feel like you can't bring your girl around like because if you're saying that you know I just ended up hanging out with my partners my niggas or whatever we going to the club we woo 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 like why you could bring your girl into that like you can be like well why don't you get your homegirls you know me and my niggas at the club get your homegirls come with me but we all know it's because he and the bitches were at the condo, okay? So we're going to call Darian Mr. Bitches because <laughs> he clearly got him and he'd just be lying about him. But, you know, Alexia believed him. You know, she believed that he had been faithful to her and that he had never had any bitches at the condo. So, yeah. Oh, and I didn't even explain the best part of the con the concept of to put, of put a ring on it. So the entire while you're on put a ring on it, you and your partner are dating other people. So the concept is to like, you know, to 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 test yourself and to to see what's out there and see if like you, you want to continue dating other people or if you want to get that is the most important part. How did I forget that, y'all? I'm so sorry. So you're dating other people each week, you know, one or the other goes on a date with someone else and they're uh the host her name is Dr. Nicole you know she and her team they do like based on your personality things like that they, they do a little bit of matchmaking and they pair you with people whom they think you would have compatibility so yeah you're the the point of this show is you're dating other people while deciding whether or not you want to get married very that's like the entire context of the show I, I don't know why I left that out I'm so sorry but yeah so 
they're dating other people. So let's hop back on to Darian and Alexis. So Alexi, I'm so sorry, Darian and Alexia. I should be getting her name right because Mr. Bitches is the trifling one. So yeah, Darian and Alexia. Now Alexia believed him. Um, she believed Mr. Bitches when he said, I never had no bitches at the condo. I never, you know, stepped out on you, even though the man has break babies um, and she has no children, um, despite the fact that they've been together for 14 years. So I'm like, somebody is sleeping with somebody to create these children, but that ain't none of my business. So he starts dating this woman named Kai. You know, she's a Southern belle, nice big old booty, just very pretty, very full lips, you know, this wonderful accent, this really like en engaging personality where it just like draws you in. So he's dating Kai, you know, Alexia is not really getting too serious about any of her matches. Like she kind of dated a, a couple of different people, but Darian keeps or continues to see Kai. So at the end, he's like, you know what? Now that I done basically started another fucking relationship with Kai, I'm finally going to focus on my relationship with my girl. So because there is a, a component of counseling, like Dr. Nicole is a professional. So she counsels them as couples. She counsels them as a group and she counsels them individually, which you would think would help. Does it? So in this scenario, it is revealed on like the second to last episode that Mr. Bitches slept with Kai. So that begs the question, this man slept with this bitch he knew for like four weeks and you think he ain't never had bitches at his condo? This nigga got 70 break babies and you think he ain't never had bitches at this condo? Like how, what reality are we living in, sweetie? Okay, you you are a valuable as a person. Like, and I guess he met her when she was like super super young, like in her twenties. So she had never dated anyone else, never been in a relationship with anyone, as opposed to Mister Bitches, who is just out here laying that pipe and you know spreading his seed. So nonetheless. Uh, Mr. Bitches and Alexia don't make it. And there is also a reunion for this show that is led by Egypt Sherrod. Um, if you guys know Egypt Sherrod, I mean, I just know her because I listened to her radio show, but she was, it is led by Egypt Sherrod. But yeah, so on the reunion, guess who Mr. Bitches is in a relationship with? Kai! I'm like, that's so interesting so yeah this whole show was a hot mess so the only reason I focused on the Darian and Alexia storyline is because I think it is one where we can learn a great deal so first of all I think we need to like the the one thing I I really wanted to that I especially that I talked to my mom about was red flags like any man who expects you to trust him blindly, like does absolutely nothing to earn your trust, that's a red flag. Like you should just trust me because you love me. Because we're in a relationship, you should just trust me. Like I will do absolutely nothing. I will put I will put in absolutely no effort, but you should trust me just because I want you to trust me. So there's that. That's the one thing that you can that manipulators and gaslighters will do. You should just 
trust me. You know, where you should just trust me. I've never done anything. You don't have any proof. Like you should just trust me. And I, I think as women, especially like a, a lot of times when we're in relationships with manipulators, we begin to develop a pattern of, you know, cho- uh, suppressing our intuition because of the manipulation because he's like well I've you don't have any proof you've never seen me done do anything and we're like haven't I should trust him but you are if you are you are allowed to have an intuition and you're allowed to have conversations with your partner like you know have you cheated in past relationships you know what can we do to build trust in our relationship? Because things like that, like when he fucking disappeared for a night, for a day, and she's like, I'm not hearing from you. I don't know where you are. Like, you could be dead. You could be with a bitch. Like, whatever the case, we know where he was. Like, those are the kind of things that break down trust. So if he would have been in that scenario and at the beginning of the night, he's like, look, girl, look, bae. I know we have plans, but all of my niggas are in town. Like, we about to hit this club. We about to woo-woo-woo. Like, you can bring your homegirls or, like, you know, if you want to just do separate things tonight. Like, I'm sorry. I will, I will make it up to you. Here's where I'm going. You know, here's what time I'll be leaving. Like, those are the kind of things that build trust. Because you're like, okay, he communicated with me. He let me know what the plan was. But just fucking disappearing and being mad. Like, well, why would you just assume I was with some bitches? Like, you ain't dead okay you did not come back to my house with a leg missing all right you don't got a a bracelet from the er around your arm so obviously you're okay which leads now to my conclusion that she was with a bitch like (laughs) that's a logical progression of events especially if i'm calling you i text you like look I'm I'm sorry that was very passionate (laughs) that was very passionate but yeah so Mr. Bitches is obviously a liar but yeah so back to lessons learned so that's lessons about trust lessons about communication lessons about loyalty and then lessons about values so this man is he was always worried about like well the condo is this the condo is this like why are you mad at the condo like the, the, the problem is not the condo. The problem is you and communication. Like if you're going to be gone for an entire night, you're about to be out, you know, you and your partners, y'all at the yo, y'all at the club, wherever the fuck you are. And communication isn't important to you. Communicating with your significant other is not important to you. Then our values are unaligned. Communication is very important to me. Like it was something that I saw in, you know, the relationships that were, you know, a part of my life, like my parents. My mother calls my father 12 times a day. My dad answers every, all 12 times. Like there were times where like we in the middle of checkout, we at pick and save. My mom is blowing my dad's phone up and he will hand me the money, make me pay, step out of line, talk to my mama because they're married. You know, my mom wants to check in. She's got some information to relay. My mom also calls me 12 times a day. I might pick up twice, but because my mom is married, my father he picks up he checks in he communicates because that's what you do when you're in a relationship and your values are aligned now the next lesson is that uh oh niggas gonna nig at the end of the motherfucking day this nigga said that he, he sat on television when they had the whole you know conversation about the infidelity the sleeping with kai and he's like begging her like I just want to come home and I want to be with you and woo 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 just to step up on stage at this reunion with the bitch he said he was done with. Do you know what that is? Mess. 
You know what that is? Ghetto. You know what that is? Trifling. And that's what I be talking about. N- niggas gonna nig all day. They they gonna be out of here nigger rating, okay? Because that's all they know how to do. Because he was hurt by the fact that she was no longer accepting of his behavior and his lashing out is continuing the relationship with the woman that he, you know, promised to leave alone to prioritize his relationship. I bet you that nigga still got a condo too. So that's put a ring on it. That's dating. That's love. Like, it's just like, and to like, because the other two couples, like Shauna and LaRonda, like a lot of people just thought they were unmatched, especially because like LaRonda was the breadwinner. Sean was so clingy like clingy clingy you know when you take your box braids down and it's that one little piece of hair that you cannot pick off your shirt that's how motherfucking clingy sean was LaRonda was going on her dates he was going on dates too this nigga in the bathroom crying and throwing up what's wrong with you sir get some help okay (laughs) get some damn help and then you know, he's like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can go on these dates because I can't contain. Don't nobody want your broke ass but LaRonda, okay? Humble yourself. And then Eric and Jessica are just like in this place where Eric is like, because Jessica was a very pretty girl. You know, she is what you would, um, like she reminds me of like an IG model. Like she, she has that fashion taste, you know, very trendy clothing, you know, the, the cute little trendy hairstyles and stuff. So and Eric is, you know, he was a, a sports player and he was talking about she dumb and she ain't got a thought in her head. And when she gives me advice, it's not helpful. And I'm like, girl, this man does not respect you. And you look like you look, get you another nigga. Okay. Get you a nigga with some money who's still in the NFL. And then you can really live your best life, honey. Like you ain't got to deal with him and his uh, disappearing hairline. Okay. You can do better. But I think they were just in the place that they were in because they had been together for so long. And because Eric, you know, clearly is not ready to make a commitment. He's not ready to commit to just cutting his hair off. Okay, it's gone, baby. Your hairline has migrated to the back of your head. All right, it's gone. Cut it off. He can't even do that. How do you expect him to make a lifetime commitment to the woman that he loves? So, they were just very mismatched because of that. And, you know, they were both going on the dates and um, Eric was getting very comfortable with his dates and, uh, you know, but at the end, Sean and LaRonda did get engaged and then Eric and Jessica got engaged as well. Ain't nobody getting married. Let me just say that. Ain't nobody getting married. <laughs> But they did make the commitment to each other on national television. So it'll definitely be very interesting to see where that goes. I know this started turned into an own podcast, but look, put a ring on it. Ready to love good shows. Very good portraits of what modern dating looks like, modern relationship looks like. And I think especially the aspects on put a ring of it with Dr. Nicole being there and her offering that the counseling aspect and the advising aspect, like it should help because she's now, you know, allowing you to see the parts of within yourself that are unhealed or that need a little bit more work before you can be a good partner to somebody because dating in real life man I like I said dating horror stories is definitely going to be another episode but it's it's just crazy how much like you really have to go through to like find 
just a de- a person who is a decent human being, like not even a decent partner, but just like a person that's a decent human being, has some good values, you know, is going to be honest and truthful and open because these niggas out here, like I said, they're going to be nigger rating. That's all they they're 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 really not focused on personal growth or anything. So I think the lessons that can be learned is that the only person, the uh, in order for a relationship to work, you have to prioritize yourself. Like, and I'm not saying like, do things selfishly, or do not think about the other person. But if you're always focused on how can I be a better person? How can I be a better communicator? How can I be a better partner? Then being in a relationship is the easy part, because those parts of you they're already strong. Those parts of you, you're already working on healing. But if you're always working, if you're, if you're framing your relationship about how can I be in this relationship better, then the, that, that is only tied to the relationship. Once you're out of it, you have no context. You have no need for any type of growth because, oh, I'm not in a relationship. I don't need to be a better person. So if you're always prioritizing yourself and working on making yourself happy, because no one should be responsible for your, your happiness, but you and your growth, but you like, it can't be contingent, you know, upon someone else's interest in you. So just work on yourselves. Um, and if you a nigga who 45 trying to date a 19 year old, seek Jesus.